This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm here in Bentonville, Arkansas at our home office, back with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. And we are continuing our uh, series through the Compelled by Grace book. Uh, there's a group discussion guide that takes groups who want to go through this book and who want to explore the 13 kingdom secrets that the storyteller finds when he goes back and buys Gabe's farm. And uh, we're, uh, we're diving into these and enjoying talking about these with uh, Rocky, who was the author of the book and the storyteller. So uh, it's been fun to go through this. So, uh, Rocky, we've discussed uh, the secret of divine orchestration and uh, the secret of divine perspective. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about the secret of divine dispatchment. Mm -hmm. So uh, sound familiar? <laughs> Since you wrote it? <laughs> I kind of remember it. <laughs> but they connect, you know, yeah. and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process of being part of God's divine orchestration. But it begins uh, recognizing that is where it begins, but also wanting to be included in it. That's a desire that we want to be a part of God's outreach and inreach to people and purpose. Uh, and also to understand that he has divinely orchestrated so many events in our life mm -hmm. so that we can play a, even a noble part uh, in his, in his work. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the narrators is sharing his story about a, a noble part that he is being invited to play, but he had to get a divine perspective. And we discussed that last week. Yeah. Uh, he had to start looking at this person that he f was going to be dispatched to yeah. uh, with a different set of eyes. Mm. He had to have a divine perspective, which means he had to have the perspective of God mm -hmm. to look at this person. He had, to, he had to have God's perspective to look at himself. And, you know, while we're on that divine perspective about self, you know, this is one of the, the major hindrances with us continue to hold on to our orphan spirit is we don't we don't see ourselves through God's eyes. Mm -hmm. And then we began to see him ourselves through Papa's eyes, that we're his children, his sons and his daughters, and that we have this relationship by his grace, then it changes the way we look at each other. Mm -hmm. And and it should also change the way we look at other people. And that's a growing proposition. Mm -hmm. okay? mm -hmm. So that's, that's the foundation for divine dispatchment because our uh, narrator last week uh, ended his... Uh, prayer and conversation with the Lord on the fearful thought of meeting with this man mm -hmm. that frightened him by saying, I'm willing, show me what to do next. Mm. And that, that's a big pivot point right there. When we're willing to do that, then we're delivering this back to God. And he said, okay, I'll go, I'll go before you now. I'll prepare the way mm. and I'll dispatch you. Mm. Well, I'm going to read the uh, definition that you put here in the in the workbook that we have uh, to go through the book. Uh, it says the secret of divine dispatchment is the right. Is, well, first it says the right response to God's leadership will become natural when it is God directing us and not ourself. When a man has abandoned his personal rights to himself to the King of Kings, he is then about his King's business. From this point on, the Lord will divinely dispatch us where and when He wills. 
Watch the way this unfolds, for it's part of our abiding relationship with Him and the way He blesses others through our lives. Yeah. You know, the abiding relationship, once the, once we enter into that, becomes um, more of a natural expression of uh, that relationship that we have with Jesus to the world around us. And that's where the fruit of the Spirit show, shows itself in our life. It's a natural expression. It's not something we can force, mm-hmm. not something that we can... Uh, discipline ourselves in. I mean, we can't love like God, and that's what through the Spirit is first love, mm-hmm. His kind of love, and peace, and patience. And every time we try to will ourselves to have those things, we fail. But it describes the characteristics of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And when the f- Spirit is, and we are so close to Him, so abiding with Him, like a vine is to a branch, that's what Jesus said, mm-hmm. is that spirit flows through our life and, it, and it's described as fruit. Grapes was the illustration in John 15, but fruit, it's a, it's a natural flow of Christ to us and through us and out of us. Mm. And that's where the, the natural comes in. <clears throat> okay. Well, um, and I want to just read, bring him into the story of where you're at in the story when you're learning about the storytellers learning about this. Uh, he, after he said his prayer, he ends up, you know, having breakfast down at the little local place where the little yeah. general store where they all go, and uh, he meets Aunt Maddie and ends up driving her home to her house. Now that store is Murdy Mays, by the way. <laughs> Murdy Mays. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. Did, her cafe. Do we need to know where that came from? <laughs> Matter of fact, I ate Murdy Mays. <laughs> <laughs> you did okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I know it's all a, these. It's a real name. All these, all these things in your stories are real places and things that you. I mean, at least name different. They come from somewhere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. From the south, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably. So, <laughs> so uh, he's having a conversation with Aunt Maddie on the porch, and 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 finds out that she knows Ned. Knows this big. He didn't even know his name. This big guy. His name is Ned. He had a name and. And she talks about how she had helped give birth to him because she was a, a midwife. Yeah. Uh, she's And this is what he says. Uh, I sensed Aunt Maddie had been carrying a burden for a long time for this child and the fact that she couldn't do anything to save his mother. She didn't save anything for several minutes. So I respected her silence and simply held her hand. In a short while, the distance normally standing between strangers was bridged and two souls were joined with compassion. Mine for her and her for the child she'd been praying for for over 30 years. God had given me enough experience with the way he uses lives to touch other lives with his love to know I was now within a divine dispatchment, which would unfold before me. Yeah. Uh, he was, um, he would become an answer to uh, Aunt Maddie's prayers that she had had for Ned for 30 years. Hmm. And Ned was, his mother died when he was born and his father was a very reclusive guy. And he kept him, kept Ned away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And so he was socially uh, inept. Mm-hmm. He was a canvas that was never written on. He was still ready to be painted, what Ned would become. And, it, and that's a story. But that's, that's the canvas, the picture or the lack of picture that was frightening the narrator. Because all he could see was a very awkward, large human being. Mm-hmm. He was prejudging. Him. And that's what we do oftentimes. We, we prejudge people based on certain things. Mm-hmm. But here we have Aunt Maddie 
who, the only thing she could do because she was the only one permitted into that relationship because of the father was so reclusive. She mm. was highly respected. And when you have respect, when you've, when you've earned respect of, the, of your peers around you, then you're invited into a lot of places that a lot of people can't go. Only a few people can go. And, and Aunt Maddie was the only one <clears throat> that Ned would permit into her life mm. until the narrator became an answer to Aunt Maddie's prayers. Mm -hmm. now, we, now the plot thickens. Mm. Now we see the divine orchestration where God is <clears throat> pulling things together to an answer a prayer, but bringing someone that not only would answer the prayer, but would bridge the relationship gap mm -hmm. that was missing. Mm. Well, I think, you know, what you do such so well, Rocky, is you, you use these stories, which are great. And I love the Southern charm and the way you blend all that in, but you're doing it always with an aim in mind. Yeah to help point people back to scripture right. and to way God, what God's precepts are, yeah. just like Jesus did. And uh, so there's a couple of scriptures that really support this concept I want to read. Um, Philippians 1, 12 through 14, Paul's talking about his own divine dispatchment. Yeah. And he says, I want you to know, brothers, what's happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So he was put in prison, yeah. and he's saying that was a divine dispatchment. Yeah, it was. Which some people have a hard time looking at that, I think. Well, that, again, they do, but you got to have a divine perspective. Right, right. you got to see it through a different set of eyes. Yeah. Because let's just talk about Paul a minute. Paul was an apostle, which means he was a church planner. Yeah. And he planted a lot of churches, and he, and he physically started them by entering into areas that were blank canvas, and started preaching and teaching, and people were attracted, which God does. Remember, he's or divinely orchestrating. And they responded. There was something resonated in their hearts. And as a result of that, he built relationships. And with relationships, we can trans transfer truth. Uh, and then so what happens, building relationships with these people, uh, then that began the early stages of a church development. And so he was a church planter. But his church planting was cut short, and he was imprisoned. Mm -hmm. Now, his agenda was changed. Mm -hmm. How can I serve you, Papa, by being in prison? I'm a church planner. I ought to be out there, right? Mm -hmm. But what happened as a result of him being in prison? Mm -hmm. He wrote all the letters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the letters are the ones that we read in the New Testament mm -hmm. that feed us and teach us and his ministry was broadened much, much farther, much longer, much deeper, because he was part of God's divine dispatchment. That's right. Yeah, I, I didn't even finish the last part of this verse. He says, most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much bolder in speaking the word without fear. Yeah. So it even inspired everybody else to even preach bolder. Yeah. If he can do it in prison, why, you know, why can't we even do it out here? Well, that's what we're looking for, though. We're looking for people who have courage. Mm -hmm. And we're, and, and we're all also asking, how do you find that courage? Yeah. And uh, anyway. Yeah. So that that's an, you know another place that Paul's writing, and he was always teaching about these things. He's talking about the spreading the gospel, and he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants or he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and who waters are one. Each one will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. 
talking about how we all play a part. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of is in the journey of the inner chamber, I've always said the story didn't end once he went in the inner chamber and the door shut. I mean, most people would like to think that's where it ends. It's me and God and we're all good. Yeah. No, it didn't end there. He kicked him out of the out of there, not kicked him out, but he sent him out, dispatched yeah. him yeah. to go and, and do a work. And uh, so you, you're tying this into abiding, that uh, abiding should always lead to something, to action at some, on some level. Not that we're all about work or anything like that, but God has things for us to do, right? There are certain things that that we need to obey Him in, uh, but there are things that He equips us to obey Him in. Mm -hmm. Now, as an example, He told the disciples, who, by the way, had three years with Him, and they they could have gone back to fishing and been real happy about their souls being saved. He wouldn't let them stay there. He wouldn't let them stay in the inner chamber. Yeah, right? right. He said, go and make disciples. Now they were to engage in their, their mission. And they said, well, how can we do this? They said, well, wait a minute. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And that empowered them. Mm-hmm. That enabled them. And they were able to do things that they didn't think they could do, like preach and teach and show wisdom and writing and all the other things that came along with the on-the-job training mm-hmm. that the Lord gives us. But, but the point being is that we are called to go out to the world, taking Christ with us in our abiding relationship. He goes with us. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that that changes people is what they see in a messenger. And it's not the bravado. It's not the, the person itself. It's the spirit of God that they sense and they see in that person. Mm-hmm. The fruit of the spirit. Uh, his, his wisdom. Those are the things that that come to the surface of our life and people relate with. So not only does he say, here's what you got to do. You got to take the step mm-hmm. in obedience. But as you take the step in obedience, I will be there with you, equipping you and empowering you and bringing this into success. Mm. Well, and you said, you and I were t- talking about this earlier and you said, um, often we think it's all on our shoulders. And, but but really, most often, there's other people he's calling at the same yeah. to be part of the same mission. Yeah, I mean to play a different part. But you, you don't ever have to do it all by yourself. And at at a minimum, you have the Holy Spirit with you. But uh, but he also dispatches other believers to help on the same mission. And he's in them too. The Holy Spirit uh, works in other people's lives and brings us all together. I think one of the biggest problems why we have a hard time recognizing that is that we probably see ourselves as the hero of the story. Yeah. And, and then we put too much of a burden on ourselves to, to be the answer man, the working man, the, the guy that brings it together, to, you know, all the stuff that we feel like we got to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what heroes do. But we're not the hero of the story. We're, we're part of the story. Mm-hmm. We play our part. Um, Christ is divinely orchestrating them. He is the orchestra leader. Okay, mm-hmm. I just sit in that chair over there. And when he points to me, I, I play my instrument. And mm. my intru- instrument is my my gift. Mm. And so that gift, my gift and your gift and all these other gifts around us, when he's conducting it, creates beautiful music in this orchestra. Mm. And so this is what we see here. We see this dispatchment that this man was asked to play a part. And Aunt Matt, Aunt Manny was part of that. 
orchestra. She had done her part and laid the groundwork that, that now the storyteller is going to come in and, and build. And make no mistake, though, that God is the one who is the orchestra leader. Yes, no doubt. Yeah. He's the conductor. That's right. So let me just think about this in my life or in someone's life. Years ago, I started uh, noticing that when I first started trying to abide in Christ and seek the Lord, I would get into his word, I would journal. And then when I was praying, I was closed with the time of prayer and dedicating the time to the Lord. It seems like ideas would pop in my head, mm -hmm. things that, ideas to do something. Right. And I always wondered, is this just me or is this the Lord? And I started thinking, well, if I'm if it's happening while I'm praying, it, may, it must be the Lord, or at least I'll, I'll assume that it's from the Lord and I'll start testing it out. And it seemed like every time I followed up on one of those ideas that popped in, mm -hmm. it was I was hitting home runs. I mean, it was I knew that it was yeah. from Him. Do you think that's an example yeah. of divine dispatchment? Yeah, I think I think I think there are two. The two thoughts I have on these ideas that pop into our head mm -hmm. is the one that began at our prayer is not him. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, I think that is to distract us. We we bring distractions in with other thoughts, things mm -hmm. that we need to do, things we ought to do, and we get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that, and this is what God's teaching me is I got to go silent. I got to I got to let those competing thoughts and everything and agendas stay outside. And I enter into prayer in silence, mm -hmm. listening. And then, then after a period of waiting, reading scripture, then I enter into conversation. And then in that conversation, oftentimes, and that's what you're describing, is I get an impression mm -hmm. of something that I need to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I think it's important to act on that. Mm -hmm. I do believe that. I do believe that happens. Happens to me. Yeah. And and uh, I had my old pastor put it this way. He said, "If you're if God's impressing something on you to do something that's in the way of showing love for someone else, you can trust that that's from Him because you're not that good. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't be your idea. Yeah. You know, um, if it's about loving others, that's always going to be a good thing. You yeah, know, whatever it is. Well, the Scriptures guide us in, in, in things that we need to react to uh, that come out of prayer and prevent prayer. Mm -hmm. and one is uh, forgiveness." Mm -hmm. And the other is, you know, offending somebody. Leave your leave your gift the altar and go and repair that breach. So he he puts a, a, a great importance on. Not only can we enter, it, it disrupt our prayer life and hurt it, but also he shows us how to open it up again. Well, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, he's going to show us things we need to work on. Yeah, uh, but he's also sometimes going to say, "I need you to do something for mm -hmm. me," uh, because sometimes, I mean, we had. I mean, I, there was a crazy story. One of the journey groups I led that uh, one of my, my co-guide felt a real strong impression to call one of our guys, and he just couldn't shake it. It was strange to the point where he just felt like he was going to be disobedient if he didn't do it. And he called the guy, and this is no lie, the guy was about to take his own life. Mm -hmm. And just something, getting that phone call, and the guy didn't have no He didn't even share that with him that night till later. But that phone call from that guide gave him the encouragement, gave him some strength to stand on. He was just, he was falling for the devil's lies yeah. and was a, in a real desperate place. I mean, just things like that do happen. Yes, they do. And and they happen more often when we're tuned in. Yeah. yeah. You know, when we have that abiding relationship, then he's got, he's got our ear. He's got our heart. He can communicate with us and we can com communicate with him. Mm -hmm. But again, I think that what we're describing here and you're describing in your own life 
is you're part of a divine orchestration, part of a divine perspective that God has been teaching you through the years, and and then you have been dispatched. Mm. That's right. Well, and I think it's this is part of the abundant life that I think Jesus described. To me, it's it's a joyful thing to know that we're part of God's purposes. Yeah. You know, if we if we we can spend all our life just worrying about ourselves and just take you know forget everybody else, let me just take which is how most people live, sadly. But once you break through all that and you start living for God, it's really an adventure. I think it's a it's a wonderful adventure. Well, let's talk about that adventure thing, okay? Because as you were talking about it, it popped in my brain, yeah, in my thoughts. And and one of the one of the thoughts I had is that uh, I'm I'm dispatched to go on an adventure. So I go on that adventure. I take I prepare. I take all the stuff with me, and I get out there and I hack a trail, and I have to I have to shoot the animals, and I have to camp out, and I have to do everything. It is extremely hard. It's life-threatening. Uh, I get discouraged because I'm alone. I get discouraged because things aren't working too well for me. I get discouraged, and oftentimes I forget why I'm there. And then what I do is oftentimes quit. Mm. That's one way. The other way is for me to go on that same adventure side by side with a trusted companion. Mm-hmm. And that trusted companion, two are better than one, right? Yeah. One falters, the other one lifts him up. And that trusted companion will encourage me when I'm discouraged. We'll work together to achieve the same goal. That is that is what I'm describing is our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because the abiding relationship allows us to have him go with us on that great adventure. Uh, we might look physically alone, but we can practice the presence of knowing he is with us mm-hmm. because scripture says he is with us mm-hmm. and, and learning to interact with our life with him. Brian, I can't tell you the number of times that I have been frustrated by a task that I was trying to get up, trying to take care of. And I throw up my hands and say, why is this always working against me? You know, I lost this or can't find this. I mean, you know, I have to do one simple task, but to do that, I got to find the tool for it. That takes a long time. Then I find the tool and I find it's broken. I have to fix the tool. Yeah. Then I have to fix that tool. I have to go to get another tool. You're describing all my home projects at yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but I can't tell you how many times I say, Lord, I give up. Will you help me? And it's amazing the things that I've seen that he's done. I think it's not because he's really interested in fixing my project, I think he's interested in teaching me how to learn how to walk with him through every minute of the day, yeah. even the mundane, mm-hmm. even the things that we think he's not really interested in that. But the reason he is interested in it, Brian, is because he's interested in us. Mm. That's right. That's right. I'm thinking of the the Great Commission in Matthew 28 when he says, go make disciples of all nations baptizing them, teaching them everything I've told you. And, but then he says the, the big verse to me is, and surely I'll be with you to the end of the age. Yeah. That's forever. Yeah. He's with us forever. Yeah. And and so often we don't think he's there. We think he's far away. I mean, he's right there with us. How many times, how many people memorize that verse in King James Version? And you know what it says? Oh. And lo, I'm with you. And lo, I'm with you. And I, for years I said, okay. I mean, I'm really low here, but he's with me. <laughs> and, and, and I was missing the the meaning, but yeah. the truth was still there. Yeah. yeah. When I was low, yeah. he was still with me. Yeah. 
or, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God, you know, neither height nor depth, you know, when I sit on the far side of the sea, he's with me. There you yeah, go. That's right. Yeah. And so I think, I think it's sometimes I will tell you this for years, I've, I've been really afraid that I would leave so much of God's blessings un, unused, mm-hmm. uh, resources unused. Uh, and, and, and I think a lot of our struggles uh, that we have is because we don't use the resources he gives us to accomplish that which he wants us to do. And this, back to our, our story here, the narrator was thinking it was all up to him to do it. Yeah. And he was trying to figure out, how am I going to even introduce myself to this behemoth? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing he was thinking, well, what would be a good bridge here? What's a good entry? What, I mean, he had thought about growing. He was, he was negotiating with God. and He told him, he said, I got an idea, Father. Why don't I grow some watermelons? And if he doesn't steal them, I'll take him one over there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a way to stall. Because it took a while for the watermelons <laughs> to stall. Yeah, it was all a stall. Yeah. But the, that was before he said, yes, I'll do whatever you say and, and lead me to the next step. And, and so the point being is this, is that he thought it was all up to him. Yeah. And, and then when he finally got into, I guess, the rhythm and flow of following the Lord and letting him walk through it, then he began to see the supporting cast that God had, had raised up to be a part of his mission, but at the same time to be part of somebody else's mission. Mm. It was Aunt Maddie's mission, yes. Mm-hmm. It would become the narrator's mission, but let's never forget it was God's mission. Yeah. That's to right. reach me. Oh yeah. Always. And and but he happened to put a, a really nice birthday cake in his hand, which was that bridge <laughs> right. to take to get to Ned's heart, you know. Uh-huh. Which is pretty cool. So because God does that. He provides whatever we need for the situation that we're in to yeah. help us on that dispatchment. I love the, I hate to say this about a book I wrote, but the fact is, is that when I write these books, I uh, I feel like the Lord gives it to me. Yeah. But oftentimes I don't read them after I write them. And I hadn't read this one for a long time. And I love the next part of this where it opened the door for Ned now to come over. Mm-hmm. To enjoy being with the narrator. Yeah. And that takes it to a, another place. Oh, yeah. Well, just a few minutes left here, Rocky. Um, I'm just thinking about people who are listening to this podcast today. And as we're talking about this, they're thinking about something that they know they're being dispatched to do. Yeah. And maybe they're fighting it. Maybe they're wrestling like like our guy was, you know, yeah. with, needed the new perspective, whatever. What would you say to those people? Well, I want to go back to what you you uh, commented on, and and I think that you see the truth of it. You know me well enough to know. I write these books and these stories, and these allegories, to deliver something else. Right. An allegory is a story within a story. Uh-huh. Uh, an allegory could be truth within a fictional story. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. These are biblical truths that I feel um, a heart, God's heart, to deliver it to people in an understanding way where it will it will hit them in their emotional level because the heart is the deepest emotional part of us. And, and the Lord gave me these stories, human interest stories, as a means to deliver the real thing mm-hmm. that I wanted to give them. Not an entertainment, but truths that will that they can apply to their lives. Now, with that said, I believe that there will be people on this 
that are here in this podcast that will be processing through things. Mm-hmm. And, and this will be something that will help them understand, one, that God is with them mm-hmm. and God loves them and God has a plan for their life. His plans are good, and he wants to include them in his plans. Mm-hmm. And when we're included in his plans, we find the greatest purpose, the greatest significance, and the greatest joy to be a part of that. I think it's the message of the gospel. Mm-hmm. The gospel gives us hope, and gives us a future, and it gives us a constant relationship with God. And, and, and what I would like for these people who are out there to understand that as we process through this, enjoy the story and maybe our conversation, but more importantly, listen to the theology mm-hmm. and ask what is being said to me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and when, you know, that's another side point is we should always test everything through the grid of Scripture. Always. If we think God's asking us to do something, if it's contrary to Scripture, that wouldn't be God. Yeah. But if it lines up with what you read in the scripture, you know, that's a little more of a, a little litmus test there. So. Well, in, I know you need to finish this up, so I'll just make this comment. Um, you know, one of the things we do with the journey to the inner chamber is it, it is, one, it's a, a vision, and second, it's an allegory. And it's the beginning of all the books is the introduction of Gabe, introduction of the narrator. But when after we ask people to read that, then we have a six-week uh, discussion of it. And this is where on every point that is in there, we pull out the scripture Yeah, and say, now let's pull out the theology here and look at the theology. Mm. Refugee camp, all that's lost and, you know, gone astray, right? Uh, you have the demons, you have the darkness, you have the, the future, you have the counterfeits, you have the deceptions, all the scriptures that we point to in these meetings that we have with people is to help them understand that this is not about a book. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about God's reach to us. Mm-hmm. And this is just a creative means to help you understand it. That's, That's right. That's all it is. That's right. Well, good. Well, we will uh, we'll look uh, forward to next week, Rocky, when we're going to be talking about the secret of divine preparation is our next secret we're going to be talking about. And we'll keep talking about the story, too. So... Uh, this is fun. He, he will prepare us oh, oh, yeah. what he dispatches us to. So there's a link, kind of almost a sequence of all these always, sequences. <laughs> always. Always. Always an end game that God's yeah. got in mind. Yeah. That's, so. that's right. Good. Well, thank you, Rocky. Well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. Hope you're enjoying this uh, series on Compelled by Grace and uh, the 13 Kingdom Secrets. Uh, if you want to get a copy of the book, if you don't have one or the, the little discussion guide, you can go find those at influencers.org. Um, but uh, anyway, and we just uh, will be praying for you. You, all you leaders out there and all you you influencers that uh, that you'll know the things that God's calling you to and that uh, you'll uh, walk in his grace and encourage as you are dispatched to the places God's taken you. But uh, anyway, join us next week when we continue the series. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.
with me